Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills fans? Sunday means Bills football, and it's a big W to talk about today. The Bills win 31-28. I think a little bit closer than anybody would have anticipated, uh, but it was a fourth quarter to remember. We're going to dive into all of it. I got a little rant ready for you, but this is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. I am Matt Perino. He is Ryan Talbot. We're going to dive into this game a little bit. Ryan, uh, you just put up the, the report card. We got the observations up. We got big plays left and right. Uh, what was your first impressions of this game? Well, you know, one, Josh Allen, obviously, but what a bizarre game. We have a power outage. We have lightning. We have some controversial calls from the officials. Uh, it was just really bizarre, you know, starting with that uh, power outage where fans were were livid at home, as were, I think, all the media members here, as, as no one traveled to Miami. We're, we're trying to follow that game, and, and all of a sudden we get uh, – Pittsburgh versus Denver, which was not ideal. So we're, we're all listening to the radio. And, you know, did you actually hear what happened? The, the, the Dolphins released something on the, the power outage. I did not hear it. You let yeah, us they, all know right now. They, they think that Josh Allen stole it and saved it for the fourth quarter because that man <laughs> is Mr. Electric. He came out there, comes with the comeback touchdown pass, the late touchdown pass to seal it. That's his new nickname, Mr. Electric. Nobody opens the show like Ryan Talbot. You, if, you, if you're if you new to the show, um, go back and watch uh, a few of our old episodes. I believe there was a recent one after the 300-yard practice that Josh Allen had where uh, Ryan opened in, in, with streamers and uh, birthday hat, all this kind of fun stuff. Uh, so I'm just trying to tweet this out because we are live right now on all of the platforms, Twitter, over at Phil's Updates, um, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and we're going to dive into this game. But I have a little bit of a rant here to start things off. Let's hear it. So for the last two years, a little over two years, I, I've heard the barking. I've heard the murmuring. Uh, you know, uh, that Matt Perino over at uh, Syracuse.com, he's a bit of a fanboy. Grew up a Bills fan. 
You know, he, he's drinking the Josh Allen Kool-Aid. You know, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He he must have got hit too many times in the head while he's out in Vegas covering the UFC. But all I said over and over and over again, and I said, the potential is there for a franchise quarterback. We've seen it in in in, in fits over the course of Josh Allen's career. You go back to his rookie year and some of the throws that he made. He made Robert Foster a household name amongst Bill's Mafia. Probably is going to get him a few jobs since his exit from Buffalo based on what he did in 2018 with Josh Allen. We saw what he did last year when Brandon Bean went out, finally got him some weapons. John Brown, career year. Cole Beasley, the most touchdowns he's ever had in one season in eight NFL years. And then going into 2020, you get him a bona fide number one receiver, which I was banging the drum for all last season. Could you imagine what this kid could do with a legit number one? And that's not to say that John Brown's not a legit number one. I think that he is one. I think that he is a number one caliber receiver, but Stefan Diggs is a game changer. And you saw it today consistently, no matter who was on the field. And I know Byron Jones got hurt early. I know that, uh, you know, th this secondary is still trying to come together. Noah Igbenogany, a rookie, he was, he was on digs quite a bit, but 13 targets, eight catches, 153 yards. Let me look up the stat here, Ryan Talbot. Stephon Diggs, his day today was the first Buffalo Bills receiver since 2002, Peerless Price and Eric Moulds, to open a season with 16-plus catches in his first two games. He was dynamic. He was a playmaker. And Josh Allen was an MVP candidate. No, you know. I don't want to throw any shade here, but Mike Lombardi laughed on his po podcast a couple weeks ago. I like Mike Lombardi. I listened to him quite a bit. He laughed and scoffed, compared Josh Allen hype going into 2020 to the Mitchell Trubisky hype from last year. And I sat back and I said, has this guy not been reading all the local coverage? Because everybody here, even the biggest skeptics, said that Josh Allen going into year three, there should still be more room to grow. And that's you know, today is a big L. I, I tweeted it. Today is a big L. Whoa. It went dark. I'm turning the lights out in here with this brand. <laughs> today was a big L for, you know, the pro football focuses of the world. The guys that said, or the ladies that said, Josh Allen was what he was when he came in the league and he couldn't get any better. And what we saw at Ryan in these first two games is we got a quarterback that's gotten quite a bit better. Yeah, it looks like they have their first franchise quarterback since Jim Kelly retired based on these first two games. Now, you know, real quick, going back to Diggs, did Diggs bail out Josh Allen a few times today? Yeah, I, th I think he did. Now, there was one dangerous pass where the, the Dolphins defender simply missed the ball, but Diggs made a spectacular catch on uh, a contested catch, a catch where your concentration had to be at an all-time high level. That, uh, that touch pass near the sideline, uh, where the Bills really need to get their drive going the way that Diggs was able to, one, get two feet down, but also make that play where uh, Noah, and I'm not going to try to say his Big last monogony. name. There it is. Uh, Could have come up with the interception. So there was a few plays where dangerous passes, but Diggs did what he had to do to come down with both of them. So, you know, it's a relationship that's penning up, but Allen, the deep ball was there. The touch pass was there. Uh, the offense was just moving the ball minus, you know, that third down where they barely saw the ball, the Dolphins did a really good job job of sustaining drives and moving it. Uh, Allen would like to have that third down ball to, to Diggs back where he kind of, I don't know if he threw it into the ground a little bit too much or what he did there, but it, it wasn't his best pass. 
But besides that, they were moving the ball. They, they get backed up, and it's like a second and 24. Beasley gets it. John Brown gets that last touchdown pass. Uh, McKenzie has almost, I think, almost 50 yards. So, I mean, the, he's spreading the ball around, that being Josh Allen. He's getting guys involved. Gabriel Davis with an outstanding catch. Reggie Gilliam with his first touchdown catch. Couldn't have been happier for Reggie. Uh, but Allen is utilizing the weapons, and then he's also finding mismatches or he's finding uh, open guys because of those mismatches. The teams are starting to give a lot of attention to Diggs or Brown. Well, then get it to Beasley. Get it to some of these uh, guys that uh, maybe the, the national fans watching those games wouldn't know. He has been a spectacular quarterback with some mistakes scattered in here and there, which is to be expected through two games. All right, so this is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. The light is back up, and it is shining bright for Bills fans today. 31-28. The game, I... It was a it was a weird game, you know, taking it back through the Bills again for the second straight week. And I think this is a positive sign, especially with with no preseason games, two weeks in a row, getting off to a fast start, really looking like the offense was clicking early on, Allen clicking early on. And today, over the course of the game, the running game got going and it wasn't a huge sample size. I mean, we're not talking about. um you know, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss carrying, combining for 30 carries. I thought they were both going to get double-digit carries in this game. We didn't end up seeing that, but I thought that they were effective when they got the ball. Devin Singletary this week back at his, around his average from last season where he was 5.4, led the NFL. He was at 5.6 a carry today. Zach Moss had a couple nice runs, 4.6 a carry for him, but Josh Allen only ran the ball four times. He beat them with his arm. And here's a cool stat for you if you haven't seen it yet. Josh Allen threw for 417 yards today, four touchdowns, first four touchdown passing day of his career. He is only the fourth quarterback now in NFL history to throw for 700-plus yards, six-plus touchdowns, no interceptions in the first two weeks of a season. He's only the fourth guy to do it. The other three, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Talk about the company that this guy's in. And listen, it's two games. It is a weird season. It's a start where I feel like offenses have the advantage because especially offenses with the kind of continuity that the Bills have. I mean, they're returning 10 starters, and the guy that they're adding is one of the best receivers in the game today. It's Stephon Diggs. Um, so from that perspective, I, I think that this was the expectation from get to hit the ground running. The Jets are bad. The Dolphins may end up you know, turning out that they're not very good. Uh, I thought that they had some moments today. They weren't able to apply a lot of pressure. I thought the offensive line played pretty well, but this is everything that you wanted to see early on. If you were a Bills fan. Oh, with, without a doubt. And Sean McDermott was, you know, he, he's always very measured in his approach post game. And he said, well, now there's a lot of tape on us out there. Um, so he's even saying, you know, we'll see what happens week three, week four. We'll see what happens in this Rams game coming up. Uh, another team that's looking pretty good here. Uh, starting out in in 2020 on offense. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep this pace up, if they can keep scoring the ball uh, at will, moving the ball at will. But like you said, there's every reason to be encouraged going into week three. We've been talking a lot of the positives here, um, and we're going to get into – we'll do this question here first from Mark Gump uh, on Facebook. If you are in the comments and you ask a good question, we will hit that on the postgame show here. We're going to go about 30 to 40 minutes here. Uh, I want to get back – you know, to the lab here and write one more story before the night's out. But I do want to talk a lot about this because this is a big moment. I think it was even Jerry Sullivan who, Jerry, we got to get him on the show soon. I'm going to give him a little poke and a little prod. It's my guy, but I'm going to give it to him. He said, 
he kind of put it on the Buffalo media everywhere. I look, the only people, nobody's picking the dolphins today. Everybody's buying the hype. Well, this is why. This is why nobody picked the Dolphins today, because even when the Bills got down, I think that the offensive weapons that they had outweighed anything they were going to deal with on the other side of the ball. So I, you know, he picked, he picked the Dolphins for skepticism's sake. I never think that's a good idea, but he came after afterwards and said, this feels like a pivot, a pivot for this organization. Like this is the kind of game where traditional Bills teams lose. And so credit to where credit's due coming out after the fact and saying that we'll get Jerry on here soon. We got we to gotta get him on here and talk. I know Bills fans are, you know, we'll see. What are the chances any injured linebackers return for next week? And that's a great, great question. And let's first start off with your impressions of Tyrell Dotson and AJ Klein today. Well, well, first on the impressions, I thought Tyrell Dotson popped on screen a few times. I think that's really encouraging. I think there were some moments of growth there. Uh, where he could be better, but obviously that's to be expected. You're talking a year two linebacker, a guy that has mostly been a special teams contributor this season, uh, was on the practice squad last year, but I I thought there were more positives than negatives. I thought Klein did an okay job as well, Uh, but you know, it's no coincidence that Ryan Fitzpatrick attacked the middle of that defense throughout the game today. It's no coincidence that Mike Gusecki uh, was pretty much uncoverable where Milano and Edmonds, I think, you know, depending on the matchup, would have had uh, better results there. So they clearly missed those linebackers. And and as for Mark's question, which is a great question, I don't know what the percentage is that any of them come back. But I think today, the fact that when um, the the Bills kind of put out, or I, I should say yesterday, when they promoted the people up to the active roster, when they made some roster moves, no players landed on the injured reserve in terms of Tremaine Edmonds, in terms of Matt Milano, and to a lesser extent, Delshawn Phillips. Uh, so for that reason, I think it's encouraging that maybe you'll see one of them, maybe two of them back. You know, hamstring injuries are tricky with Matt Milano. He's had a history of those. You don't want to say that he's going to be back. You, you never know. Devontae Parker had a hamstring injury, and he, and he played this week, so could be. Tremaine Edmonds, we, we don't have a lot of information about that injury. I thought that if there was a linebacker that was going to play this week against Miami, it would be him. So I'm cautiously optimistic that he'll be ready to go. And then we'll see on Phillips. So I think there's a chance that you get at least one back, uh, if if not two on in week three against the Rams. What do you think? Yeah, I think that the best chance, like you mentioned, is probably Tremaine Edmonds. I think two limited practices this week puts him in a really good spot to maybe come back next week. But I think, that, you know, also uh, – I'm interested to go back and watch this whole game because I think that that will reveal probably not as glowing of a of a game as you know I believe Tyrell Dotson had during first watch. Uh, I want to go back and really dig into it. How much of those um, missed assignments or you know completions from Ryan Fitzpatrick, 31 in the game? I mean that's a little bit concerning. Uh, I'm going to talk about Levi Wallace in a second, um, but I think f- for all intents and purposes, you saw two guys come in and interesting. Last week, for the four-three base defense look, we didn't see it once last week. It was predominantly, or it was all, uh, the the nickel package. Today, we saw Tyler Medikevich as a third linebacker out on the field. They went to some three with the linebacker looks. So, how does that kind of play out as we move on, move forward here? You know, I think that this was a situation where on the road against a Dolphins team. You know, you had the luxury of taking it slow with those guys. You know, Tremaine Edmonds probably plays if it's a playoff game. Matt Milano, uh, you never know with the hamstring, the soft tissue injuries. But so I think that next weekend, it's a huge game. And I think that if Tremaine's close, he'll play. Let's talk about Levi Wallace. He struggled today. Um, This is something that I think has been 
you know, it's a big reason why the Bills took a chance on, on Josh Norman, to be to be frank. I, I think had Levi Wallace played to the level that elicited the kind of confidence that you need to trust in him as your CB2 going into this year, maybe Josh Norman is even in the mix. Or maybe he is, and, you know, they love competition. But I think that it didn't help. And in today's performance, you know, and, and it's tough because even Tredavious White struggled today. I mean, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, they had trouble with them last year. This was something that we know we mentioned this on the preview show. This was something that going in, I was a little bit concerned about that matchup. Those two guys won today you know, in a lot of instances. Mike Gusecki led the game in uh, in catches along with Diggs, 130 yards, a touchdown, a guy that we thought could be a problem. And there was times when Levi Wallace was on him, when he was in coverage on receivers. He just struggled today. I think I think it's, you know, you talk about getting Tremaine Edmonds and, and, and Matt Milano back. I'd really like to see what this defense looks like with Josh Norman back because, you know, they're down two starters. They might be really down three starters right now because I think when Josh Norman gets back, he he gets inserted as that as that um, cornerback too. Yeah, as long as he looks healthy when he returns, he looks like he's back to 100%. I think the Bills almost have to kind of turn it over to him to see what he can do in that role. You know, who's to say that he'll do better? The, the Bills did have him, though, as the opposite starting cornerback on their unofficial depth chart. So maybe they were leaning that way as is. But if he's not ready to go, who knows how long it is until maybe the Bills start looking to see, who okay, who is out there in free agency that we could bring in uh, and within a week or two, maybe could compete for that role. Or, you know, it, it might sound crazy, might be out there, but do you let Saran Neal, do you let Cam Lewis get some snaps, work them in, see what they can do? Lewis had a really nice camp. Uh, I think it was Wallace that said this week that he was further along than he was at that same age. Um, so, you know, there's there's options on this roster. Obviously, Josh Norman being the obvious one, being the one that you would like to see when he comes back and he's healthy. Uh, but let's see how, let's also see how Levi Wallace bounces back. I thought he got picked on a lot last year, early on in games, uh, to, to great results for those opposing teams, but he got better as the year went on. And by the end of the year, I thought he was playing some pretty decent football. So, you know, let, let's see if he bounces back, uh, because obviously Norman's out for three weeks. He's not going to be back this week, uh, upcoming week. So it's going to be Wallace getting some opportunities against, a Rams team that's kind of moving the ball with success here early on in the year as well. So let's dive into this offense a little bit, then we'll hit the defense. If you have any questions, this is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. He's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. We are live with the Bills Dolphins post game show right now. Um, you know, it's, I want to talk about this offense because, you know, everything that we talked about, Stefan Diggs opening up in this offense, I feel like played out in week two. You know, uh, the Bills are, you know, first of all, hats off to Brian Dable, who who called a pretty good game outside of that one kind of puzzling drive at the end of the second quarter. I still think this team tends to take their foot off the gas pedal sometimes. And it, I think that that's probably, you know, in the moment, especially when there was that big, uh, uh, you know, lightning delay, you know, frustrating for Bills fans, knowing how good this offense was moving the ball. I mean, before that, I mean, Josh Allen had 250 yards. He was completing 70% of his passes. Again, finishes with uh, almost 69% completion percentage today. Unbelievable kind of numbers for a guy that, you know, a lot of people thought he he wasn't capable of that. And so you look at like the, the secondary options, John Brown today, four catches, 82 yards, and that big deep ball touchdown. Josh Allen hit some deep balls today, man. I mean, that's, this is what, what has been, when you give him time, and when you have the kind of talent to be able to separate like the Bills do, Cole Beasley, five catches, 70 yards, you're just going to start to see these kinds of plays open up, the confidence level grow up. 
this is a confident Josh Allen and Bill's offense going into a, a, a big game against the Rams next week. And I thought it was also interesting. We could transition to this a little bit and talk about this with you. What the Bills, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott did with the offensive line today, because last week they went with all five offensive linemen, Deion Dawkins, Quentin Spain, Mitch Morris, Cody Ford, Daryl Williams. Today in the third quarter, they started to tinker again. And, and that's it goes against what Sean McDermott said what, before the season started. He said, we want to land on a five and we want that, that five to build continuity. Well, today they took out Quentin Spain. They moved Cody Ford to left guard, then put um, uh, Brian Winters in at right guard. Then the next series, which ended up being the game-winning touchdown, well, the, the, the touchdown, the first touchdown of the two in the fourth quarter, it was Ford at left guard, Winters at uh, right guard. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm getting all confused. The, all the combinations were all over the place. <laughs> it was Spain at left guard, Winters at right guard for the first fourth quarter touchdown. Then the second one was Ford in for Spain, Winters stayed at right guard. So that's going to be interesting because I feel like this kind of is what happened last year, Ryan. When the Bills found, you know, almost like the hot hand when Ty Inseki was playing well at right tackle, they pulled Ford, put him in, and, and usually let him go. Today, it seemed to be Brian Winters that kind of was the hot hand that they played. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that all plays out as well. You know, we didn't hear anything if there was any kind of injury concerns. Obviously, with the guys coming in and out, it doesn't seem that was the case. Um and obviously the bills aren't doing this in a close game. You're not going to tinker with your line to kind of get a look ahead, but the bills are going to have a pretty, you know, some pretty big decisions on their hands in, in the next few weeks when John Feliciano returns, uh, because then all of a sudden you have, you know, six or seven starting caliber players in only five spots. So is it going to be a rotation? Is Feliciano going to get the right guard spot or are they going to let him compete for the left guard spot? Where are you going to move Cody Ford? Those are the questions we don't have the answers to yet. Those are the questions uh, where, where the you know people that make a lot more money than us on that Bills coaching staff and, and Bobby Johnson, namely, are going to have to make those decisions. But yeah, it, it was interesting. And, and obviously the tinkering worked for the Bills. They scored two touchdowns late in that game uh, when they were moving some guys around, some shuffling involved. So it'll be interesting to see, one, what we hear about that this week, uh, early this week, and two, if there are any early changes on that offensive line in week three against the Rams. Um, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. One question in here that I saw, and it'll, we'll, then we'll transition to maybe the, you know, the front seven before we get out of here. Um, could Cam Lewis, Taron Johnson push Levi Wallace until Norman returns? And I, I think Cam Lewis could see some snaps. Maybe that's a situation like a Kevin Johnson situation. Like last year, he has a good week of practice. They get him some snaps against the Rams. But again, that's a game. We saw the St. Louis offense today. I mean, that that's, that's a potent offense that can score some points when they're going good. 37 points on that Philly defense today. Sean McVay seems like he's, uh, you know, found the magic with, with Jared Goff again here early on the season. We'll see if it can continue. Um, I think it was Tyler Higby with just an unreal five receptions for three touch and with three touchdowns and 54 mm -hmm. yards. Um, but we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, I think that Cam Lewis could definitely, uh, you know, maybe push for some snaps on this defensive line. I thought that outside of the weird play where it looked like he got injured for a few, uh, where Ed Oliver almost tried to trip, uh, you know, the, the Miami ball carrier there. I thought that Ed Oliver played a really good game today. I thought the defensive line consistently, um, in, in spurts got really good pressure. I think that, you know, what Ryan Fitzpatrick does a really good job of is he kind of, um, makes your defensive line kind of, um, you know, 
it doesn't allow them to have an impact at times because he knows how to get the ball out of his hands quickly. He was doing that again today. I think that that's when they really started to have a lot of their successes. You know, it was hike, three-step drop, five-step drop, get the ball to, to uh, Gasecki, get the ball to Williams, get the ball to Parker. And I think as good as your line is rushing in those scenarios, you know, it's going to be tough to impact the passer if they're able to consistently get the ball. Look at Tom Brady. That's how he's been so good for so long. But I think that today we saw how Mario Addison continues to uh, get more comfortable in this defense. Jerry Hughes with that absolutely filthy spin move where him and Addison kind of converged uh, on the quarterback. It led to an incomplete pass. But a lot of different looks we saw today. I didn't really, I saw this. Uh, how did AJ Epinesa look? I'll let you maybe cover that because I didn't really notice him a ton today. But I thought that the the looks that they that we saw from the Bills defensive front today is something that we've seen a lot in training camp. Mario Addison moving into that three technique role. And I wanted to talk so much about that during camp because I thought that was interesting when you could still have Trent Murphy and and Jerry Hughes out on the field and then push Mario Addison and maybe keep a Quentin Jefferson out there with Ed Oliver. Maybe, maybe, maybe the packages are, we're still going to see new variations, but there's so many options. And this is what we, we talked about. And I think they were successful today at Oliver with his first sack. And, you know, uh, again, I want to talk about somebody else, but I'll have you re- react to that. Yeah. First with the cornerback talk, I don't know if either of those two players that were mentioned could really push for that job. Um, again, maybe Saray Neal, they, they gave Neal some snaps out there, but I still think it's just going to be Josh Norman or bust in terms of uh, who can really push uh, Levi Wallace for that number two job defensive line. Uh, I did predict Oliver having two sacks today. There was actually a play where he was going to come in untouched and he kind of slipped and fell, uh, but he had the one sack, good pressure, good, pretty solid against the run. Did have that one play where he injured himself trying to trip uh, Gaskin uh addison that was more of a coverage sack if i remember that one correctly that was one of those plays it was a third down play where the bills really locked everyone down and Fitz did hold it for too long uh but but like you said that the game plan for Fitz was get it out quickly and i think you're going to see the same game plan in week three with the rams i watched that first game on sunday night football last week with the rams and that was their their mo get it out quickly let golf make the quick decisions get it out fast and he worked well. And now, obviously, I didn't see today's game. I'd have to go back and look at that. But it wouldn't shock me if that was, again, what they did. So the Bills might see a very similar game plan from one week ago. So it'll be really important. One, hopefully have some of those linebackers back, especially after uh, hearing Higby's stat line. Uh, but but two, still getting that pressure from the defensive line when he does hold it too, bo- uh, too long. Jerry Hughes was solid as always. Addison was great as always. I, I liked what I saw when Jefferson was in there. He kind of made it a play immediately after he placed Ed Oliver for that one or two plays, uh, stopping a run play. Epineza, I didn't notice him either. I'm not even sure how many snaps he played. I'll, that's one of the things I'll watch for when I go back and watch this game. Uh, but but all you know, all the way around, I thought this offense or this defensive line, I should say, played very well. Uh, you know, could have been a little bit better against the run. I think they averaged about 4.5 yards per carry. But all things considered, they were definitely the bright spot on this defensive unit today in week two. Yeah, uh, it's it's a crazy league, man, and it's a crazy year. I'm looking over at the Kansas City game right now. Patrick Mahomes uh, threw almost three quarters, 13 for 27, 48.1% completion percentage, 126 yards, and one touchdown, zero interceptions against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers defense. Obviously, the Bills played both of those teams this year, but – you know, I, I think it's just this goes to show you that it's it never pays to overreact. It never pays to come in with the early judgments on, on, on prospects and players because 
this is, you know, sports is kind of like a, a revolving door. You know what I mean? I feel like the guy that we see in a rookie year or second year, uh, uh, second year, isn't necessarily the guy that you're going to see in year three. Team circumstances change things. I mean, go back two years and, you know, there were moments when Sam Darnold looked really good. You fast forward to year three, you're telling me it, that's going to be the career arc of a Sam Darnold, former third uh, overall pick, fourth overall pick. I just think it's 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 something that Josh Allen is a case study at why those that think they know sometimes don't know. And, you know, this is a, this is a situation where this could just be the beginning of, of what this guy and this offense can do. And I got to say, Brian, they have done a superb job of building around him. I mean, we've, we've talked that up quite a bit, but, you know, you can't really give the full analysis until you see the product play out, you know, in its final form. And this is a cl uh, pretty close to what I think this final form is going to be with a lot of the skill players, you know, in place, Gabriel Davis today with maybe the play catch of the day. And, and that, and that's on a day with Stefan Diggs had a, a, a monster game and a monster day, Gabriel Davis. Not only did he make a great catch that was for a score, but it was also a clutch play with the Bills down three in the fourth quarter and a th on third down. If he doesn't make that play and the Bills have to maybe go for it on fourth or maybe settle for the field goal, who knows what this game looks like. So those are big-time plays. The Bills have big-time players on offense. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Dawson Knox, who uh, left the game with a concussion, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct. So we'll, we'll watch that. But, yeah, I mean, your, your final thoughts. Well, yeah, real quick, you know, the Bills did a good job of, of building up this offense, starting with the offensive line in the second season, really adding a lot of talent there, adding a one-two punch at wide receiver, which was significant upgrades over what Allen worked with as a rookie. And like you said, we're pretty close to the the final form of what this offense is going to look like. It might just be a veteran tight end, and I don't think it happens this year. But I, I believe it was Watson they tried to bring in last year. that um, They showed interest in him. This year they showed some interest in Greg Olson. If they could have a savvy vet like that in that tight end room, I really think that this offense could be even be even better because as talented as Dawson Knox is, there's still a lot of room for growth there in his game. You know, some drops as a rookie today. Uh, there was that fumble on the, on the 38 yard reception. Don't want to bash the guy too much. He did leave with a concussion. He has a lot of natural talent, but maybe that's the one thing that that's missing here. And, and like you said, this this is a week-by-week week league, not even a year-by-year year league. Mahomes, not great for my fantasy team, by the way, struggling mightily today, as you mentioned. Uh, Justin Herbert, who I was just about to praise and sing his praises, he could have just run for an easy first down on third and two. He lofted up a ball that got intercepted in a triple coverage. So quarterbacks grow. Quarterbacks make bad mistakes, whether it's your first year, your first start, or your third year, and whatever start that may be. So, yeah, but what we've seen out of Josh Allen so far Every single Bills fan should be thrilled. Everybody make sure you watch closely some of these assistant coaches this year on the Bills. Bobby Johnson, Ken Dorsey, Eric Washington, uh, John Butler. Uh, you can name quite a few because I have a feeling that Sean McDermott is going to have to reach into those uh, pools, if you will. Uh, to find that this, this team's 2021 offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Cause I think both Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable will be head coaches next year. And if they're not, I think more so Frazier than, than Dable. I mean, this is two games. You don't want to overreact, but if, if Leslie Frazier is not a head coach in 2021, my hands are up in the air. I don't know what's going on. Um, anything else, any questions that you saw in here? We're at about 30 minutes here. We might get out, get out uh, at this point, unless anybody has anything else they'd like us to cover. 
big big game today big win yeah absolutely just see someone saying uh brendan bean is gm of the year you know again we'll, we'll wait and see on that but everything the guy touches kind of seems to turn to gold that dig the digs trade looks brilliant through two weeks um <laughs> did you see what i wrote in the observations yes. stefan Diggs worth all the draft picks like we've been saying yep. for months give all the draft picks for stefan Diggs. exactly and, and you know you can go all the way to the smallest moves. Take a look at Andre Smith. Again, I don't, I'd don't. i have to go back and look at the snap, see how he played. But the Bills sent a conditional pick for this guy the week of, of roster cutdowns. They're getting that pick back, I believe, because they cut him at the time. But by acquiring him when they did, they could add him to the practice squad immediately. There was no COVID testing. And then in a case like this where your starting linebackers get, get banged up, you can promote him. You can start him. So even those little under the radar signings are kind of panning out right now uh, for, for the bills. So, you know, maybe he needs to go out there and, and look at the punter situation. I know you don't want to end shot with punter talk, but I was, I was very underwhelmed with Corey Bohorquez today. Uh, I, I thought once again, his kicks are, are not high enough. He's letting teams get returns. That's a dangerous recipe in this league. Uh, I think that's one area where they could still improve, but every time they brought someone in, he's somehow beaten them out. So Whatever the case may be, maybe that's my only uh, my only reason not to give him that early GM of the year vote, and that's pretty minuscule when 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 all things are considered. All right, Bills Mafia, we will be back on Wednesday uh, for our uh, weekly uh, scheduled live show. Uh, we will also have a preview. I don't I don't have a guest yet lined up for Wednesday. Maybe we'll work some some magic in the next couple of days. We'll we'll see who we can come up. If you have any ideas, if you have anybody that you'd really like to have on the show, hit me up. Uh, hit my, my DMs are open. Ryan's DMs are open. Um, maybe we'll get to work and see if we can't line something up for Wednesday. Uh, he is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. Have yourself a great Sunday. Enjoy this because, uh, I, you know, as somebody who as two people who grew up around this team and the city and this organization, uh, there haven't been a lot of Sundays like this over the course of the last two decades. So you've earned it. I'm thrilled for all of you and have yourself a great Sunday night. We'll see you.